Welcome to National Transport Podcast, episode 12. My name is Alex, and in this episode, which will be have a slightly different feel to it, we will be covering Morebus's new E400s on Service 13, the entire mess that is Wrightbus going into administration, Stagecoach taking over South Gloucestershire Bus and Coach, and BYD upgrading the Enviro 200 EV offerings. So sit back and enjoy. And we'll be having Kieran join us to tell us about the news and events in the aviation industry as well. So let's get on with the show. The go ahead owned group Morbus is investing. £8 million into five Enviro 400 MMCs for the Route 13 between Bournemouth and Wimborne in Dorset. You may know more bus as uh, Wilkes and Dorset, but they are um, Euro 6 engined Enviro 400s with free Wi Fi and USB charging points and tables. They will be gradually introduced onto the 13 during the end of. 2019. This follows a uh, 41 single deck Enviro 200s being introduced on the routes M1 and M2 in February of this year. Continue investment in a nice, clean, environmentally friendly fleet. Moving on to something that I'm sure everyone's all heard about, Wrightbus entering administration with a loss of 1,200 jobs, with only 50 jobs being retained in the firm, and it's the last UK-owned bus manufacturer apparently, and the entire industry has heard about this, it's been news for weeks now, everyone's saying it's been on the cards for a while, speculation's been growing because apparently they've they lost they stopped working with Volvo and their fleet specific their, their quality has gone down over the years with major companies like uh, Dublin Bus moving to eat ADL go ahead and first switching to ADL apparently all being big reasons for the collapse of Wright Bus the end of the Boris Bus London cancelling that order and. Recently, they've now, after all these redundancies, there's been uh, protests outside the Evangelical Church founded by the owner, uh, John Wright, I think his name is. Jeff Wright, even, excuse me. And it's been built on the edge of Bellamina. This is an, another reason people think that the company crashed, because the, the anger is mostly centered towards the £60 million paid to the Evangelical Church by Jeff Wright between 2012 and 2017 by a parent company called Cornerstone Group, which is the parent of Wrightbus Limited. It, they launched their, in 2012, they launched their new double-decker buses for London, which sealed a £41 million bus deal in Singapore. And then he unveiled his £110 million plan for a new church campus on a site just site of Bellamina. He acquired £4 million for the 97-acre plot, which was valued at £75 million at the height of the property boom in 2007. Um, Green Pastures Gateway project plan included housing, social enterprise units, education facilities and a 5,000-seat auditorium. 
Last year, it axed its plans for a 60,000 square foot supermarket on the site. Uh, work was on the early phases of the project had been carried out by the Bellamina firm Martin & Hamilton, but the work appeared to, to stall at the site over the summer. The company accounts filed by Green Pastures showed that in April 30, 2018, the church had £4.77 million in cash in the bank, of which £4.65 million was set aside for restricted funds for the Gateway project. Um, the biggest donor to the church was Wrightbus itself. Uh, Wrightbus declared the, an 86% collapse in pre-tax profits from 10.7 million to 1.5 million for the year to April 30th, 2017. But in the same financial report period, the Wright Group's parent firm, the Cornerstone Group, reported a pre-tax loss of 1.73 million. Despite the loss, the company donated 4.157 million to fund its commitment to Christian, evangelical and other charitable activities. This brought the group's total contribution to such causes between 2012 and 2017 to £16.4 million. And according to the accounts lodged by the Green Pastors Church at the end of April 2018, it received £4.186 million from individuals and corporate bodies. And this is all very, still very early stages, but obviously the thoughts go out to the actual employers or employees who have been made redundant, the 1,200 of them that have now faced the axe and I'm sure we also would have heard, which I'm pretty sure Kieran's covering in this episode, the uh, Thomas Cook going into administration this week. It's It's been a quite a hefty day for the industries of transport recently. Yeah. Moving on to some other industrial news. That Stagecoach has bought out South Gloucestershire Bus and Coach. I've been noticing over the past few years that Stagecoach West are slowly creeping into Bristol, with first bus slowly falling back. But it, they have continued to expand in Bristol, and they have bought South Gloucestershire Bus and Coach. All which operates four megabus routes out of it, the M6A, the M14, the M25, and the M38. The entire fleet of its 53 buses and coaches and its 100 staff will be transferring to Stagecoach West sometime in October. And uh, in it was owned by the Durbin family, and 12 months from to 31st of May 2018, the company reported a loss of £1.76 million on a turnover of £6.19 million. But after seven months, the situation quickly actually split and they started making a profit again. All services operated by South Gloucestershire Bus and Coach will continue to run as planned. All staff currently working with the business will be transferred to Stagecoach West and exchange of contracts took place on Friday 20th of September with completion expected in late October. And finally, BYD are, and ADL are upgrading their E200 ED offerings. 
which will include a improved internal layout and ADL's new electric bus heating system. The current 10.8 meter models will be replaced by a 10.9 meter version, whilst the 12 meter bus will be replaced by an 11.6 meter one, which manages to fit in two extra seats apparently. Both new models will use ADL's all-electric heat pump, which transfers heat from the atmosphere into the vehicles. And it's designed to work efficiently in low ambient temperatures, and the unit can also be used in reverse to cool the bus during warm weather. The ADL says that the system will be more efficient and therefore enable a greater range and brings the longer models in line with the shorter 10.2 and 9.6 meter versions as well as a double deck E400 EV will be induced, introduced during 2019 at some point. They apparently already have orders from the UK and New Zealand for the upgraded models, which once completed will take the number of ADL BYD electric buses to 412. And that is all from me this week. Like I said, slightly shorter segment instead of me just reading off a web page. I thought I'd do it a bit freehand. Feel free to tell me if you prefer this version or the old one. But now I will hand it over to Kieran for the aviation news and updates that have happened this week, basically. So, as always, thanks for listening. You can join us on Twitter at Podcast National, Facebook, National Fans Transport Podcast, Instagram, Podcast Plymouth, and you can send us a voice at bit https anchor.fm forward slash n-a-t-t-p forward slash message you can visit our website at bit.ly forward slash n-a-t-t-p or if you really want you can fill out a survey and tell us how we're doing at bit.ly forward slash n-t-p q&a and i will see you all next week and it's over to kieran a very warm hello uh, from me, Kieran, uh, to all of you out there in podcast listening land, and welcome to another instalment of the Aviation Podcast, um, part of National Transportation Podcasts. So, uh, it's been a fairly busy week in aviation this week, uh, three of the main stories, of course, uh, we're going to be covering this uh, in this episode of the podcast this evening. The first, uh, we'll start with um, the major one that's going all around the news at the moment, which is another um, another British airline has uh, bit the dust, as it were, and gone into aviation this week. Of course, that being Thomas Cook. Um, the Thomas Cook's uh, administration cancelled all flights overnight um, when it went into administration earlier in the week. And um, this has caused quite a lot of problems uh, around the world as... Um, Bear in mind that it is only uh, some subsidiaries of Thomas Cook that are uh, affected, uh, such as the um, the UK ones and the European ones. The um, Thomas Cook Balearic Islands, I believe, are still operating as normal. So uh, let's delve in a little bit more into the Thomas Cook strikes. Well. Okay, so uh, the first thing about the uh, Thomas Cook fiasco is, of course, uh, the news overnight, the shock news, I think, 
actually, although it had been coming for a while uh, as there were quite big debts run up by Thomas Cook. However, I don't think anyone expected the news um, when they woke up on Monday morning that Thomas Cook were going bust and going into compulsory liquidation and administration. Obviously, uh, with such a big tour operator as Thomas Cook, uh, it has caused travel chaos all around the globe. Uh, with holidays, um, with people being on holidays, I think some 70-odd thousand holidaymakers were stranded, uh, obviously UK holidaymakers, were stranded out of the country when they went bust. Um, obviously, the CAA, the Civil Aviation Authority in the UK, that regulates all these flights, uh, all the aviation in uh, all all matters aviation related in the UK have started um, repatriation flights for Thomas Cook um, holidayers um, they say uh, the Civil Aviation Authority said uh, recently that it flew 17,000 Thomas Cook passengers back to the UK on 71 flights uh, in one day um, on the Wednesday, on Wednesday, so two days after they went bankrupt and went bust, or two days after the news broke that they were going into liquidation, and apparently that was equal to um, 95% of all Thomas Cook passengers that were due to return on the 25th, and then the same on the 26th and the 27th. So the CAA does seem to be um, getting. Um, Getting our UK, getting our um, our holidaymakers back home, repatriated back home, at a rate of around sixteen to seventeen thousand per day currently. Um, they had uh, around forty six thousand people flown home in the first three days of the operation after they um, after they uh, went after they went um, bust. Also, uh, it is quite important to point out, if you are worried about this, that if your package holiday is at all protected, which all Thomas Cook, uh, or most Thomas Cook um, holiday packages are, you are able to, uh, at all all protection, basically, you may have heard it at the end of adverts, which is said after an at all protected, basically protects against this exact scenario. If the, um, the tour operator goes bust, while you're on holiday, your um, your the, the fees for getting home and uh, the rest of your holiday remain the same. Um, so they've contacted um, uh, the CAA have contacted around two thousand hotels um, in around the globe around um, around Tom uh, Thomas Cook's um, network of destinations. To enable at-all protected, uh, at-all protected holidaymakers uh, to have peace of mind and enjoy the rest of the holiday, uh, and making sure that they don't have any financial losses and that they will get back, um, and that they will get back uh, at no extra cost to them. Um, some there are some reports circulating around that some hotels are um, actually demanding extra money from Thomas Cook passengers. Um, this is uh, this goes against the atoll protection and uh, the CAA in the UK have told everyone in no uncertain terms uh, that if they do of any hotel or tra- or travel thing or flight demands extra payment um, if you are at all protected um, the advice to them from the CAA is not to pay and to call the CAA uh, uh, protection help, uh, helpline on 01753 330 330 
and uh, the CAA operation, they say, will continue until everyone comes home. Um, that was due to complete the holiday on or before the 6th of October. Um, obviously, this is... Um, yeah, obviously, this is quite probably the biggest news story this week, uh, which is why we're starting with it, actually, in this um, in this podcast episode. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate that another British institution uh, and another British travel company have uh, gone belly up, unfortunately. But um, there we go. You know, there's not much um, not much things we can do. There, it, these are tough times for airlines. So um, yeah, expect many to follow in the future. Also, uh, actually, while we're talking about airlines going belly up, um, the next um, next saga in airlines going uh, potentially bankrupt has actually already began again this week uh, with the second airline. Declaring not going into administration yet, but declaring that they are having financial difficulties at the moment. Uh, that being Adria Airways, based in Slovenia, um, they've cancelled all European flights at the moment. While they desperately try and find uh, some finances from somewhere. Uh, however, from what I am told and from what I've researched, uh, this isn't going particularly well. So expect probably. In not so long, I would imagine, um, or in the the, um, mid-future, to uh, hear the news that they've gone into administration as well. Right, now that we've done that subject to death, I think it's time to move on to the next thing this week, which is uh, Virgin Atlantic, news from Virgin Atlantic. Um, One of their planes, one of their uh, Boeing 747-400 series aircraft based at London Gatwick, has uh, undergone a bit of a transformation this week, with it emerging victorious from the aircraft hangar um, just a couple of days ago, actually sporting a new um, vinyl livery from uh, inspired by Star Wars, a new Star Wars vinyl livery. Uh, for those of you who are aviation geeks and aviation plane spotters out there, the registration of the uh, airline of the aircraft in question is a Boeing 747-400. Um, registration GVLIP um, will be uh, is is a Ga- uh, London Gatwick based aircraft uh, as Virgin Atlantic don't operate any of their 747s from Heathrow anymore. They are uh, confined exclusively to Gatwick. So uh, if anyone is wanting to see that aircraft uh, go onto flight radar, search GVLIP. Um, bring up to bring up that plane, and you can you will be able to see its uh, next booked workings. Um, so yes, that's that. Uh, for anyone that is interested in seeing the new livery, uh, I will post a picture of it um, emerging from the paint shop um, onto the National Transportation Podcast's web uh, web page, uh, the Facebook page after this podcast goes out live. Um, Okay, so moving on to another story uh, this week. Uh, Passengers were terrified this week in the US. Well, the news media reported as they are terrified uh, to the point they were sending goodbye texts to their family um, when there was uh, a decompression incident experienced on a Delta Airways flight over the the past week. Um, And this, uh, this Delta Airlines flight was operating from Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale in the US. Um, Apparently passengers reported uh, randomly in the middle of the flight um, 
oxygen masks deploying uh, from the roof of the plane and then the plane going into a sudden descent and a sudden and violent descent. Um, the descent, I believe, was um, exp- I think it felt I think it descended about 19,000 feet in about seven minutes. Um, which, to be fair, um, having said all the hysteria around this, that is actually standard operating procedure that airlines follow when a depressurization incident occurs. Um, the the aircraft is uh, mandated to um, descend to 10, a flight an altitude of at or below 10,000 feet as soon as possible, as uh, after... After 10,000 for anything lower than 10,000 feet, the air pressure um, uh, in the atmosphere is uh, breathable, uh, has sufficient levels of oxygen for the passengers to breathe, so that if there is a decompression, the passengers are able to breathe at least. Uh, so that is, um, you know, I think personally, I think it's a bit, it's a bit, um, it's a bit overkill to say that goodbye texts are being sent but this is for two reasons I think one is that you know that mainly if if the passengers were were aware of what's going on and uh, aware that the descent the rapid descent down to 10,000 feet was standard operating procedure I don't think there would have been as much anything near as much hysteria on the plane as there was um, I do think the flight crew and particularly the crew on the flight deck, the captain and first officer, were quite at fault for this actually in the sense that they didn't actually keep any of their passengers informed. I'm, I'm aware that they were busy with their descent and running checklists and things but once they had got down below, I mean the flight continued on to its destination um, so or, or it was able to land safely, sorry. So you know once the pilot had descended to 10,000 feet and levelled off and things had calmed down in the cockpit there wasn't really anything to stop him picking up the intercom and saying, you know, explaining what's happened, that there's been a pressurisation issue with the aircraft and following uh, normal procedures, we've descended down to a lower altitude where um, passengers pardon me, can breathe the outside oxygen. So, you know, I think that's, um, that's, I think that's uh, part of the flight crew's fault for that one. Um, and like I said, I do believe if that had happened, I don't think there would have been any um, anything like the amount of hysteria that was experienced on the plane. So uh, moving on to, I think probably the uh, sh- the last uh, and final um, article of news in this on this um, on this podcast on this episode of the podcast, and that is that. So uh, EasyJet have announced a new route this week, um, which has been dubbed the shortest UK mainland link. Um, that EasyJet, the shortest mainland UK internal fl- uh, mainland UK to mainland UK flight that EasyJet operate from, um, and this route is going to be from Birmingham to Edinburgh. Um, EasyJet say the new link, the new link will be uh, in direct competition with Virgin Trains and cross country rail services. Um, from Birmingham to Edinburgh, as um, as well as uh, short commuter services by um, commuter airline Flight B. Um, so yes, this has been uh, it's uh, the distance, the flight distance, 
Um, between the two airports, between uh, Birmingham and Edinburgh, is uh, measured at 250, at just 250 miles. The shortest um, currently operating route is Bristol to Newcastle at 256 miles. So this will beat it, all by, albeit only by, um, albeit only by about six minutes, but it will still beat it nonetheless. Um, the airlines, um, obviously, all Airbus fleet uh, or Air, all Airbus fleet nowadays uh, with EasyJet uh, will connect the, um, the West Midlands. It's said to connect the West Midlands to create a new link between the West Midlands and Scottish capital in around 70 minutes' time from gate to gate. So from pushback at the gate of Birmingham to um, uh, to taxiing onto the gate in Edinburgh. Um, the uh, flight will operate. It will start commencing uh, operations on the 29th of March next year. That being 29th of March 2020, and it'll operate uh, twice a day in each direction during the week, with a reduced frequency at weekends. And uh, EasyJet fly project, uh, EasyJet uh, say, sorry, that um, projected uh, passenger numbers on all the flights will be around 700, uh, 500 passengers per day. So yes, uh, and also bear in mind that it will also be five minutes faster than the Fly B, the equivalent Fly B route, as um, the Airbus aircraft that EasyJet will be using will be jet powered, obviously, and uh, the Fly B flights are um, either a mixture of Dash Eight aircraft, um, Dash Eight Q400 Bombardier aircraft, and ATR72 aircraft, which are both propeller, obviously. So yes, um, that's it. I believe. I think that uh, I think that brings us to a close. I'm afraid uh, for this episode. Um, so again, tune in next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll be around. I'll be here next week again. Uh, hoping to have you all listening to me again next week. To my boring voice drone on about aviation again next week. Um, I will uh, will be looking forward to bringing you uh, another update of a lot of a lot of uh, the main aviation stories in the week uh, next week and um, I'll uh, I'll um, be happy to see you uh, uh, to hear or I'll be happy for you to uh, all be listening in for me next week again and uh, once again do appreciate the uh, the support of listening to this podcast and uh, once again for all uh, interested parties uh, once this aircraft once this um, aircraft once this podcast goes out live tomorrow morning, um, on Friday morning that will be, um, I will post a picture of Virgin Atlantic's new, um, uh, or Virgin Atlantic's Boeing 747 um, sporting its new Star Wars livery uh, on the National Transportation Podcast Facebook page. So once again, thanks from me, thanks from... Um, yeah, thanks from National Transportation Podcast and thanks from me specifically for listening to this segment and uh, we'll see I'll see you all again next week. Take care until then.